Well, Cincinnati Bengals pull out a big, big win against their division rivals, complete the sweep of the Baltimore Ravens. They have swept both the Ravens and the Steelers in the same season since 2009. That very, very fun and unexpected season by that 2009 team from a lot of different pundits. And now we are seeing kind of a very similar season from the Bengals this year under Joe Burrow. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Thanks for tuning in live. Thanks for tuning in a little later after the game. Wanted to get through at least some of the late games, get a picture of some stuff, had to take care of some personal stuff as well. But, uh, I, you know, I appreciate you joining us live later on Sunday evening and uh, talking about a Bengals win that very well may have clinched them a playoff spot. We got to see how the next two weeks play out. The Bengals still have more business to take care of, but they got a lot of help this week. They took care of their own business in emphatic fashion by beating the Baltimore Ravens at home. And what a day by the by the Bengals franchise quarterback, Joe Burrow. Record-setting day, and we'll talk more about that. But, hey, Look, as we before we get into st- stats and signs and all kinds of different stuff that we that we do normally on the post game show, let's take a look back at what this game before this even this game even kicked off. All the stuff that was going on with this game, Bengals had a couple of guys on the COVID list. One came off, one went on. Chidobe Awuzier being the guy who came off the list. DJ Reader being the guy who uh, was put on it very last minute. Uh, but for the most part, especially in comparison to the Baltimore Ravens, the Bengals were much healthier, had far fewer players on the COVID list. And that was that was a big part of what today was about. But it also shows how far the Bengals have come. It shows how far Joe Burrow has come. And it shows that this team that made a a very, very, very strong statement in rebuilding this team. They really wanted to build this team and its defense to be able to defend the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, I know Lamar Jackson wasn't in this game. Yes, I know Tyler Hundley wasn't in this game. But Josh Johnson, pretty similar skill set, mobile guy that can throw it around a little bit and did a lot of the, the check down stuff, the stuff to the tight ends. Kudos to Josh Johnson, a guy who's bounced around the league and bounced around to different teams this year. He played relatively well today, uh, despite you know what the Bengals did. So kudos to him. Uh, they've got a, a seem- seemingly a couple of different quarterbacks that can run this system at least competently. And so, I mean, I know this may have been a little bit of an expected result because of all the absences and vacancies on the Baltimore Ravens roster, but... Bengals took care of business and they really, really took it to the Ravens. And when you look back at what this team has done in the last two free agencies, the last two draft classes, especially on the defensive side of the ball, this was one of the teams that they specifically built their team around beating uh, them, the ball, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously the Browns still an elusive win for this team, but what the Ravens like to do on offense and, and seeing Lamar Jackson and company continually beat up on the Bengals defense in 2019 and, and early 2020, um, you know, that, that got to be pretty sickening. And 
here, uh, when you look at sweeping the Steelers and the Ravens in the same season, it took Marvin Lewis seven years to do that. And it's taken Zach Taylor three. So, and you're also talking about three straight wins against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, there's just a lot of things that you, when you look at what this game meant, when you look at what the Bengals have done this year, when you look at the whole picture, um, there, there are a lot of accolades and a lot of praise to be heaped on this team, its coaching staff, and uh, the front office, really, for building this team. And this was a game that really could have, and again, we'll get to some stats and, and different things here, but just kind of some opening thoughts. This is a game that really could have spiraled out of the out of control for the Bengals in a number of different ways. What do I mean by that? As I mentioned, with all the different stuff, that the Bengals were dealing with a couple of different absences on their on their own roster. Logan Wilson being out, DJ Reader being out, a couple of different absences, and obviously the offensive line that continues to kind of be you know who's in, who's out uh, at certain specific, uh, positions there, and then you look at which quarterback are we game planning for this week? Is Lamar Jackson going to be healthy enough? Is that ankle going to, going to hold up? No. Okay. So it's Tyler Huntley. Oh, COVID. So now they go to Josh Johnson, a guy who made a couple of plays against them when with the jets and Mike white, who was turned into a hero that week, Josh Johnson came in relief briefly for Mike white made a couple plays against the Bengals. And now here he is against the Ravens doing a couple of good things. So this really could have just, somehow even with all the absences and everything this is a game that the Bengals could have you know done they could have had an issue they could have had a bunch of issues in this game and instead it was score after score after score after score and big play after big play after big play I believe I I had heard earlier today that Joe Burrow has eight plays of over 50 yards this year which is uh one of the best, if not the best in the league. I'd have to do a little research on that, but uh, that is an outstanding stat and one where, you know, you look at it and you say, this was a guy who supposedly the big knock was not being able to throw the the deep ball. And here he is throwing deep balls with, with accuracy and, and big plays today. So we'll, we'll show it in a second, but seven consecutive drives that the Cincinnati Bengals scored points on five touchdowns, Two, uh, five touchdowns, two field goals, and um, you know that is just outstanding, outstanding, um, outstanding work here. I'm seeing some of these comments. Holy moly! Did we get a large, large? Uh, am I seeing this right? Fifty dollars super chat from Sten Madsen. Wow. That is incredibly generous in the live YouTube chat. Thank you, Sten. We may have that bad boy pinned up for a while, especially because of what you put in that comment. Who day in all caps. This team is nasty. What's the biggest threat? The biggest threat right now to me, if you're looking at outside teams, I would say, hey, you know, I don't know, even though the Bengals thoroughly dominated the Ravens and Steelers, I don't know that I would want the Bengals in, to face them a third time. Um, it, it lines up well for the Bengals based on what we've seen in the two contests. But when you play a team three times in a season, um, they're going to catch on to some things. So I, I, I would say, you know, I don't know if you want to go three times with that. The Indianapolis Colts are shaping up to be a tough, tough opponent. And that may be one the Bengals draw. Um, you know, the, the Bills, the Patriots... 
any of those teams all, you know, that are, that are uh, pretty well coached and have a lot of talent in a lot of different spots. Those are biggest threats. But to me, the biggest threat to the Bengals is the Bengals. Their own mistakes have cost them the games that they have lost this year. And when they are on, they are on and they can beat anybody. So to me, that is the biggest threat is really themselves, their youth and, uh, you know, their streakiness in both positive and negative. Um, But here we go again towards the end of the season and the Bengals are catching fire at, at the right time, winning two in a row, one against the Denver Broncos and now against the Baltimore Ravens, by the way, Stan, and just again, um, really, really generous of you, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. And, uh, if anyone else has some super chats or other things, we'll be kind of scrolling, uh, the, the, the live chats there. Appreciate you and uh, appreciate you tuning in. Hey, let's, let's look at some of this stuff. Why don't we let's check out some different, let's start before we get to the box score. Let's start with some post-game stuff quotes tidbits etc this is from the first one joe daneman on twitter saying trey hendrickson on joe burrow quote i wouldn't go around pissing that guy off what he may have been pissed off about not getting pro bowl recognition not getting mvp recognition not getting comeback player of the year recognition and what did he do he had a career day he had a franchise record setting day for the Cincinnati Bengals. So Trey Hendrickson also uh, setting some records of his own 11 straight games with a quarterback sack, had a monster game, a, a, a an up and down day a little bit from the defense, but a monster game from Trey Hendrickson, a quarterback sack, kind of a second one. I, I, I'll be, I haven't looked quite too closely at the box score yet. I'm curious how they scored one of the tackles. I think it may have just been an additional tackle for loss because uh, Josh Johnson was kind of running around there. Might have just been a tackle for loss, but also had a forced fumble on another hit on the quarterback. Just an outstanding day from him. And of course, one from Joe Burrow. So a funny quote there. Don't go pissing that guy off is what Trey Hendrickson is saying. And look at this. And if you want to know where we may be looking in the crystal ball with the Bengals quarterback. Here's a good one from Brandon Seho. Look at given that given the Michael Jordan shrug. And that was on the Joe Mixon dime that he threw at the end of the game. Joe Burrow was just playing backyard football today. in in my opinion, he just was playing backyard football and running around, evading pressure, evading sacks, evading quarterback hits, taking a few, taking a few of each, but making plays, giving the shrug on the play to Joe Mixon there, uh, hitting the 525-yard passing mark. Unbelievable day from Joe Burrow. So I thought that was an entertaining little uh, gif there from Brandon Seho and our buddy, Bengals captain. Great guy here. Follow him on Twitter. I don't. I pretty much don't know any Bengals fan that doesn't follow him on Twitter. But Bengals captain here, giving us a little bit of uh, – Homework. This is, I, I believe, based on the graphic, it looks like it's pro football reference that he is using. Uh, here is the top individual. They have not inserted Joe Burrow's game as of earlier today, but he would sit right there at number four because Warren Moon, Matt Schaub tied for second all time. Norm Van Brocklin with the most ever. By the way, late, late in that game, 
I was watching with some some family members, uh, and there was a conversation going around about the old Boomer Esiason game against the then Los. Well, <laughs> I guess once again now, but the then LA Rams with I believe Jim Everett, and there was just an insane amount of points, an insane amount of yards, an insane amount of passing yards. Boomer Esiason threw for 490 that day. I believe. And so when Joe was getting well into the 400s, I'm going, man, is he going to be Boomer's Day? Well, he did that and then some. Looks like he is the has the fourth highest in NFL history in terms of single game passing yards and set a franchise re- record with that 525 mark. Um, unbelievable day from Joe Burrow. Unbelievable. And so let's take a look, shall we, at the box score. And again, some of these things that we're going to show you may surprise you both in the positive and negative in terms of what some of the things uh, some of the things that transpired today. And here is from ESPN. I like using ESPN. Sorry, NFL.com. Sorry, Fox or whoever else. But that's just my personal preference here. Let's start on the left. Baltimore. Josh Johnson, 28 of 40, 304 yards, two touchdowns. Did have the one late interception by Von Bell. Sacked only once. So they only uh, looks like they only labeled that one Trey Hendrickson sack. Pressure was a little inconsistent today by the Bengals, um, but I think some of that was maybe uh, some of that may have been personnel issues. Uh, Cam Sample left the game at one point, and uh, you know you didn't have DJ Reader, etc. Uh, but um, you know that is kind of a, a little bit interesting when you see a twenty-eight of forty for three hundred four yards, two touchdowns by Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson didn't really hurt him as much with the legs, five carries, 10 yards, but uh, all in all, based on what Josh Johnson had to endure, what he getting thrown to the fire there, putting up a 98.3 rating, turning the ball over just once and putting up a 300 yard passing day. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, that far exceeds expectations and kudos to Josh Johnson. And uh, even though, well, we weren't pulling for him this Sunday, but uh, we wish him well, especially as a former Bengal was on the Bengals back in 2013, um, guy's been around the league for a, a while and uh, gets the spot starts here and there and had a good one today. Devontae, look at look at the rushing yards in general, though, and that that was a big reason that the Bengals defense was successful. 16 carries for 39 yards from this Baltimore Ravens rushing attack. And you did have Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray in there. I mean, I know those weren't two top guys when you started the season or when you were looking back at summer if you're the Baltimore Ravens, but uh, 29 yards between those two guys, your, your top two rushers, 39 in all did have a rushing touchdown to Devonte Freeman, but less than two and a half yards per carry kudos to the Bengals rush defense on that. Then you go to receiving Mark Andrews, a monster day. Um, Prochet had a decent day as well. Seven for 76, but Mark Andrews, eight catches, 125 yards, a touchdown. That was the lone spot really where I thought, I mean, Josh Johnson's day as well, but when you look at Josh Johnson throwing for 300 yards, you know, the bulk of that goes to Mark Andrews and the Bengals need to be able to figure out the tight end stuff. Uh, this has long been a problem for them. And unfortunately, Andrews victimized Von Bell. He victimized Jesse Bates on a play. He victimized Jermaine Pratt on another play. There were few players immune. Now, Mark Andrews is a Pro Bowl player. He's a very good player. So you expect him to make some plays, but... This was a little disappointing uh, on a day where the Bengals really had a lot of things bottled up. Eight catches on 10 targets did Mark Andrews. So uh, really good afternoon by him. But when you've got Travis Kelsey coming up next week, you've got a couple of talented tight ends on the Browns to finish the, the year. Then 
when you look across the league, you know, that the who, who the Bengals may face in the playoffs, whether that's Jared Cook on the Chargers, whether that's uh, Kelsey again, whether, I mean, there are a number. I mean, if the Steelers get in, they've got, they've got some talented guys. Baltimore, if they get in somehow, they've got Andrews again. So, you know, that's something to, something to look for. Josh Johnson did fumble the ball twice, recovered it twice. So, um, Bang- the Bengals kind of missed out on some, some big uh, additional big plays there. Tony Jefferson, another guy they just called up 10 total tackles in a sack, uh, a pass defended, just a, a good day for him. Good, good game early from Patrick Queen. He was flying around making a lot of plays, nine total tackles, one tackle for loss and a pass defended uh, one in the end zone early that uh, I think it was on Chris Evans. Um, Joe Burrow floated one kind of a fade on a third down. And it looked like Queen just kind of was, had his back to the football and just kind of threw his arms up. I've seen that called for pass interference. A lot of times he never turned his head back. So um, at any rate, that wasn't called. And so the Bengals settled for a field goal there. Uh, and then, you know, you got Josh Bynes, old friend there, six total tackles to, uh, to, to kind of highlight some of the stuff that the, the uh, Baltimore Ravens were doing three sacks of Joe Burrow. There six, I believe quarter. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, five quarterback hits, five, six passes defended. But my word, let's go back up to Joe Burrow. At one point, he had as many, when he started the third quarter, he had as many incompletions as he did touchdowns after the first half. Unbelievable. 37 of 46, 525 yards, and 11.4 yards per pass average four touchdowns zero interceptions zero fumbles did get sacked three times a 143.2 quarterback rating wow incredible day by joe burrow joe mixon 18 carries for 65 yards now that slowed down at the end of the game because the Bengals were passing a bit more uh there were there were a couple of uh, yardage, uh, lost yardage plays that kind of affected that. But Mixon had a couple of nice runs in there, including the long of a 19-yarder. Burrow had two for 11, including a 12-yarder. Um, and, and the Bengals just were finding ways, largely through the air, to beat the Baltimore Ravens. And look at the receiving numbers. Look at, first of all, the amount of receivers. I'm counting eight, eight different receivers here. Uh, seven made catches uh, eight targeted, but seven made catches, it looks like. Uh, T. Higgins. Now, think back to the first game between the Ravens and the Bengals. Anthony Averett made life miserable for T. Higgins early in that game. No contested catches, just was mauling him. There were probably a couple of penalties that could have been called in that one that were not. And T. Higgins had a rough day. And that was one of those games where you say, Oh man, you know, just is T having kind of a sophomore slump? He looked so good in preseason, and and now in these past five weeks, three straight 100 yard games. Then you had he he kind of was pretty quiet last week against Denver, as was everyone really, and in, explodes with personal bests: twelve catches on thirteen targets, 194 yards, a 16.2 yards per carry average, two touchdowns, with a long of 52. Um, the touchdown grabs were incredible. And as were, as was the one, uh, right before half, just gut punch after gut punch given by Burrow and T Higgins, 12 catches, 194 yards, two touchdowns. Wow. Jamar chase, seven catches, 125 yards, no touchdowns, only a long of 22. 
Chase was doing a lot of yak stuff, a lot of yards after catch stuff. This was not the bombs away, Jamar Chase flying around into the end zone. This was methodical, short passes that he took a lot of a lot of extra for a lot of extra yards. 17.9 yards per catch. Look at Tyler Boyd's yards per catch, 28.3. This is telling this should tell you exactly how many big plays came on offense here. Tyler Boyd, three catches, 85 yards, and the big 68-yard touchdown. What a beautiful play. The out and up. Oh, just a beautiful play, beautiful route, wide open, incredible throw, and just unbelievable. Unbelievable. CJ Uzama doing a little bit of everything, a couple of nice blocks. Did have a drop. Uh, five catches on seven targets, five catches for 36 yards, um, but threw a couple nice blocks and uh, did did chip in as a receiver. Two catches, nine yards for Drew Sample. Samaj P. Ryan, two catches, six yards. Marcus Bailey, your leading tackler of the day, eight total. Mike Hilton, six, including two tackles for loss. Jermaine Pratt, a little bit of a up and down day for him. Six total tackles. Chidobia Wuzier, good to see him back. Look at that, two passes defended. Six total tackles. Jesse Bates, kind of a rough day for him. A couple of plays made on him. Five total tackles, though. Eli Apple, five total tackles. Von Bell, two passes defended, including an interception. Uh, BJ Hill had the big tackle at the end of the game to stall out a Baltimore Ravens drive and give the Bengals the ball back. Four total tackles for him. Trey Hendrickson, two tackles. They did credit him with one sack and one tackle for loss. Three total quarterback hits, including a forced fumble for Hendrickson. Great, great game for him and pretty quiet across the board from there. Just one sack, four passes defended, four quarter, um, five quarterback hits rather. Uh, so, you know, that is kind of the tail of the tape a little bit there. Now we're going to get to, I want to show a couple more things here on the recap. And there are, one of the things that I want to show is the drive summary. What a, what a cruise control day for Kevin Huber, by the way, a uh, pretty decent day for Evan McPherson did miss the 50 yarder towards the end of the game. That was kind of a, a bummer as you wanted to see him, uh, you know, extend that 50 yard, 50 plus yard streak uh, in terms of kicks here. But here is uh, the drive summary. And I want to show this because this is, this is pretty unbelievable here. And this will tell you just how dominant the Bengals were in this one, especially on offense. So you see here, they had the long eight play drive to open the game, stall out, they get the field goal. That's nice. Baltimore responds with a touchdown. Wow. Okay. 7-3. They're making this a game. A 10-play, 74-yard, methodical drive. Once again, a little bit of Joe Joe Mixon sprinkled in there. A lot of Joe Burrow passing. And, of course, they go for it on the big fourth and one. And that's maybe where the game turned on a dime. Because, And this is where that, do you go for it? Do you not go for it? Do you take the points at home and ride with it? Um, risky. But... This is the, these are the situations. And today the Bengals were entirely aggressive. And I think they, they were probably a little more aggressive than normal because of all of the people that Baltimore had out of the game. But man, oh man, fourth and goal. They get it in there. Joe Mixon punches it in big, big touchdown. Baltimore responds with a punt. So here we go. First drive field goal, second drive touchdown. 
Third drive, touchdown. Another one, two plays, 71 yards. This was the big Tyler Boyd one. Baltimore responds with a punt. Touchdown again. Joe makes a nine-yard pass from Joe Burrow. That was a seven-play drive shortly before the half. Baltimore does get a touchdown right before the half, and then the Bengals just put a put a stamp on it, really, right before half. Seven plays, 75 yards, and the biggie, the absolute biggie, was on third and 16, a deep ball to T. Higgins for 52 yards, uh, and they reviewed it. The ball never really – I mean, he had control of the thing. He really had control of the thing, even though some people had questions on that. Um, so just gutsy play, third and 16. Bengals get it on the on the Higgins catch, a contested catch, Cincinnati and end up scoring the touchdown here. Um, He's going to fling it high. So at any rate, a little bit of Dan Horde for you there. Uh, so that's uh, kind of the, the tail right before halftime there. And then, of course, you've got coming out of halftime – Another score, a field goal, then a touchdown. Kevin Huber wasn't even used today. Field goal, touchdown. They missed a field goal. Seven plays, two yards. That one was pretty gross. Uh, and then they had the end of the game. The, even the end of the game drive. The one they kneeled down provided some sparks. Third and four from the 42. What does Joe Burrow do? Launches one deep down the right sideline to Mixon for 52 yards. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty unbelievable performance there by Joe Burrow, just really striking big time and, and taking chunk plays and using a variety of different players, really four receivers making making chunk plays, taking big plays out of the Baltimore defense and really just keeping them at bay. And when you look at some of the stuff here on uh, what well, we'll pull this up here, the, the team stats, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll try not to have a, another rogue video play for you there on, on ESPN. But when you look at the team statistics, my, oh my first downs, 33 to 21 passing first downs, 26 to 19 rushing first downs, four to two. Uh, I actually thought the Bengals would have had a higher efficiency. There were five of 10 on third down. It just felt like they were just creating a lot on, on third down, but maybe that also was part of it was the two for two conversions. So really you look at seven for 12 on third and fourth down for the Bengals combined. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I thought it was actually even better than that. Uh, but you know, you'll take that 575 total yards and that accounts for quarterback sacks. Uh, both, both teams had nine drives, not both teams had nine drives. The Bengals won by 20 points and had, 240 yards more of offense. Look at the yards per play, 5.9 to 8.2, um, 498 net passing yards. Again, Joe Burrow threw for 525. They're accounting for sacks there and the yardage lost. And a little bit higher on the penalty front by the Bengals, a couple committed by the offensive line. So you don't like to see that, but still manageable, 5 for 45. Um, Take that for what you will. And then, you know, usually you see a little bit more in a game like this. You start seeing the time of possession actually balance out because the other team that is behind is playing a lot of catch up. Not so much in this one. Bengals thoroughly dominated 37 minutes and three seconds of time of possession to 22 minutes and 57 seconds by the Baltimore Ravens. Just an utter, utter domination, especially on offense. 
by the Cincinnati Bengals. So um, really, really just outstanding performances, especially on that offensive side of the ball. And kudos to a, a number of people on the Bengals coaching staff, Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, particularly on that offensive side of the ball. You know, I, I think Lou Rumo deserves some credit as well uh, because of the different quarterback changes and all that kind of stuff that his unit had to account for. But, um, you know, Zach Taylor being aggressive on a day like this, Zach Taylor trusting his quarterback and saying, hey, we're, we're going to keep there. There was a time in that game where the Bengals could have really just sat on the ball late in the game, made Baltimore try and burn their timeouts, just kind of try and extend drives via Joe Mixon, and they kept throwing the ball. Now, Burrow took uh, a sack and a couple of hits and stuff like that, so you don't like to see that, but there were big plays made, and at the end of the game, when the Bengals could have just kept punting the ball away and just kind of grinding clock, maybe Baltimore would have made it a little bit interesting at the end there, but... They got the touchdown. They had an opportunity to kick a field goal, albeit a 50-yarder, but they had an opportunity to get points. And then their their final possession, instead of grinding out clock and just sitting on it, I mean, they ended up kneeling at the end of it, but they hit a 52-yard pass play on a third down, and then they kneel down to, to kill it. So, I mean, the final three drives technically should have netted points. If, if scenarios were different and those are, those are the final three drives to, to end the game when you're up three possessions. So the aggressiveness and all of that has to be appreciated by Zach Taylor in a game like this. And really, I, I think there was a good pulse that this coaching staff had on this, on this game because the Ravens had life in this game. They had, they had life in this game. And even later in the game, when it got, when the lead got cut down to what, 10 points, 13 points, um, Ravens had some life and they realized that Josh Johnson was able to move the ball for him. Unfortunately, they're for them, their defense couldn't, couldn't hold up against what the Bengals were trying to do, particularly in the pass game, the offensive line. Yeah. There were three sacks. Yeah. There was what six quarterback hits. I think I said, um, and so you don't like that, but a lot of that was burrow creating. That wasn't necessarily porous offensive line play, um, still needs to be improved upon does the offensive line play, but Hey, I mean, it, it was, it was pretty, there were some nice pockets for burrow today, nice pockets and uh, all around a, a, a pretty dominant effort. The defense led up some yards and some points, but um, you know, essentially they had an opportunity. They, they did get one turnover. They had an opportunity for two more. And so it, it just a really, really dominant day. And when your punter doesn't even punt the ball once and you win by 20 points, it's a good day. It's a good day. And oh, oh, by the way, the kicker, uh, you know, had, had a nice day aside from the miss. So pretty, pretty complete win. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We're going to look at the playoff picture in just a second here. Sue, uh, before we do, I want to remind everybody to get in on symbol, symbol.com slash OBI. Check it out. Why? Well, it's the stock market for sports. And in the stock market for sports, you can get in there and invest either for a long-term play or a short-term play. You can go in and invest on te- in teams, whether that's the Bengals, another team in the NFL, another sport. You can go in there and invest and make yourself some money if you're a savvy investor. If you play the stock market, if you do fantasy football, if you do survival football, Simple's got to be part of your repertoire there. You got you to go there. And if that isn't enough in terms of its platform, if that is not enticing enough, they have a special promo for our listeners, but you got to use the promo code OBI, which of course is short for Orange and Black Insider. You go there and use that promo code OBI. They will cover up to $500 of your money when you sign up. So if you go in there, you create an account, you deposit $500 or less, they will cover that for the first 90 days if you use the promo code OBI. So go check it out. Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com slash OBI and go have some fun. Make yourself some money with Symbol. Okay, well, we've got a little bit more to get to. So one of the things I wanted to show you, now I know as we currently record, there is a Sunday night football game being played at the moment. Uh, I believe that is Washington and Dallas. Uh, that is that is on right now. I, I do not have the score in front of me. But Chiefs absolutely throttle the Pittsburgh Steelers and clinch a playoff spot. They are the current one seed right now at 11 and four Tennessee Titans uh, really interesting and confusing team 10 and five. They are currently in the second now, right now uh, the, it looks like the chiefs are the only ones who have officially clinched a playoff spot here uh, at 11 and four because of the, messy nature of the AFC. So you've got the Titans at three, the Bengals move up to number three because of their big win against the Ravens, but the bills beating the Patriots, of course, the Steelers losing the Browns losing um, all of that plays into this. The Bengals are now the three seed. The Buffalo bills have moved back into the four seed with their Beating of the New England Patriots, they move up three spots. The Patriots fall down four. Wow. Um, that is how much one game means at this point right now in the AFC. The Indianapolis Colts, a convincing win against the Arizona Cardinals in the desert on Christmas night. They are nine and six. Uh, the Patriots are nine and six, and the Ravens are still hanging around thanks to losses from 
the Steelers and the Browns. They are still hanging around. Uh, and, and I believe the Broncos as well, that helps them. So they are still hanging around in that final wild card spot are the Ravens right now after the loss to the Bengals, the chargers also losing definitely helped Baltimore. They are eight and seven, uh, on the bubble. The Raiders won. they beat Denver. They are eight and seven and I'm not a Raiders guy, but you gotta, you gotta at least tip your cap to what the Raiders have been able to do amid such a tumultuous season uh in the last the last two weeks they've got two wins here one against the browns in the in the covid fest and then again uh this this sunday against the broncos the dolphins uh they are still sitting pat here we go the steelers are seven seven and one couldn't get more 500 football than that the Browns are seven and eight and the Broncos are seven and eight as well. So that is your AFC playoff picture. Again, the Cincinnati Bengals are currently slated at number three. If the playoffs were to start today, I believe the Bengals would be hosting a game against the new England Patriots. Um, of course, some more things to play out here, but uh, that's what this looks like in terms of the seating. If I am not mistaken, the green Bay Packers are atop the NFC, the Rams are atop the uh, NFC West. They are 11 and four. The Buccaneers 11 and four. Um, the Cowboys at 10 and four. They are playing right now. They're playing Washington and Arizona takes a tumble. Um, my mistake here, by the way, the NFC did clinch. There There are uh, a couple of, of teams that have clinched, a handful of teams that have clinched with two more up for grabs. So, uh, the Packers have clinched, the Rams have clinched, the Buccaneers have clinched, the uh, Cowboys have clinched, and uh, the Cardinals have clinched. So uh, the the first three, te- first four teams, Packers, Rams, Buccaneers, Cowboys have all clinched their division. The Cardinals have clinched a playoff berth. Now the 49ers are in the sixth seed. The Eagles of all teams are all of a sudden eight and seven, and they are in the seventh seed. And then you've got the Saints still yet to play the Dolphins. Important game there. The Vikings are at seven and eight uh, with a loss to the Rams. Falcons are in the 10th seed there. And then you've got Washington playing tonight. So that is the playoff picture as it sits on Sunday evening. Some things will change there. Well, I think that's, gonna gonna do it there for us we have hundreds literally hundreds of people watching live that is awesome late on sunday night uh going up on 10 p.m eastern we've got hundreds of people watching us plural that is awesome and we just hit the 5,000 subscriber mark on our youtube channel you can get all of this material on youtube i think it's right there right where my finger is boop 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 you can click that little spot down there on the YouTube video to subscribe to our channel. Click the bell to be notified when we go live. If you want to give us a thumbs up on this video too, that'd be cool. Appreciate that. Uh, And you can get notified when new stuff is available, when we go live and we do a lot of different things every week, whether it's the post game wrap up show, whether it's taking a stroll around the headlines with the NFL, whether it is our deep dive analysis show Wednesday nights, listener questions, any of that stuff. We try and bring you all kinds of stuff throughout the week. So hopefully you dig it. And of course, on the Cincy Jungle audio podcast channel, which is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, everywhere 
you can you, you you get your audio podcast you can subscribe to that get all the stuff i just talked about with the orange and black insider plus the shows from ace and zim which is orange is the new black that great podcast as well as coach speaking chalk talk from our buddy matt minnick uh I, i'm seeing here a couple more a uh, couple more things joe johnson here in in the facebook chat harbaugh got awful mad about us passing stats and running up the score like he never did that to us before i did not see that because unfortunately i had something i went and did shortly after the game so i I was kind of detached from some of this stuff i was playing catch up a little bit before i took the air here that's laughable though and the reason why i think that's laughable if that is indeed his stance on that does anyone remember what baltimore did and caused a stir against the broncos earlier this year to get a rushing record, a, a, a yardage rushing team rushing record the, the, I believe it was the 100 yard rushing yard streak. And he and Vic Fangio had a war of words with the media. So if Harbaugh was pretty pissed off about that, then, I mean, he's done it to a lot of different teams. I don't, I don't really know what to say there, but uh, I did not catch that, but um Unfortunately, Joe, I can't pin your, your second your second live comment there, but uh uh okay. I I I, I hear you. I hear you. Um and this is is this is this Sten again? An- is this another one you gave us here? F- uh, another 50 dollar spot. Good good god, man. Uh you are a generous, generous man. Thank you so much for the coverage. Time for sleep in Denmark. He's joining us from Denmark. We are worldwide on this show. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Stan, for your generosity. Immense generosity. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah. Hey, everybody, uh, this is this has been a much more fun year to do this show than in recent ones, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, it's It's been a lot more fun. It's a labor of love. And I appreciate that you guys appreciate uh, this show. And hopefully, if, if we're not your cup of tea, I hope you check out uh, Ace and Zim on their channel and what they do. It's, it's awesome. And, or Matt coach, Matt Minnick and what he does on Twitter and on, on his shows as well. And of course, keep it to cincyjungle.com for all your news opinions, analysis, all the breaking stuff. We got you covered there for some of the best Bengals coverage out there. Appreciate it. Everybody Stan, I appreciate you, man. You are, you are the man. Uh, and, uh, Hey, everybody take it easy. Have a great rest of the weekend. I hope you had a great Christmas, a great holiday, whatever you may be celebrating. I hope you have a fun and safe New Year's. We'll be talking to you before then. But if we don't, for some reason, if you don't catch our shows, have a fun and safe New Year's as well. Take care, everybody. And hey, Bengals are nine and six, right in the thick of that playoff hunt. You got to love it. And good season, fun season for the Bengals. Take it easy.